Morning, everyone. It's Monday, February the 28th. Quick wrap up from Friday night. The Dow was up 835 points, just over 2.5%, rising through the day and closing near its highs, post its biggest daily gain since November 2020. The S&P 500 rose 2.24% and the NASDAQ 1.64%, with optimism that the Russia-Ukraine situation may end sooner rather than later, creeping into the market on Friday night. SPI futures were up 166 points or 2.4% on Saturday morning. But as Henry wrote in our chat this morning, two days is a long time in war and things have escalated over the weekend with Western nations effectively cutting off Russian banks from the global financial system and stopping its ability to tap into... I was going to say, and BP was selling out of their interest in the state-owned energy producer in Russia and they're going to take it something like a US $25 billion hit from that. So exactly. some big moves in corporate yeah, a lot of, space. A lot of financial sanctions coming through there. Uh, Western nations are also stopping the ability for Russia to tap into foreign exchange reserves basically leaves them unable to combat the decline in the local currency, the ruble. And there was a headline out of from the National Australia Bank head of foreign exchange, A. Atrill, who said collapse in the ruble appears inevitable. So a bit of strife for the Russian currency there. Uh, further to that, there were reports that Russia and Ukraine are set to hold peace talks in Belarus, though any optimism from that headline was pretty quickly wiped out by reports that Putin has put Russia's nuclear force on high alert. Not a headline anyone wants to see. So in the wash up from that news over the weekend, US futures are sharply lower this morning. Dow futures down around 1.3%. NASDAQ futures almost 3% lower. And our market has opened up just 20 points higher, which is a long way from the 166 points we were expecting Saturday morning. But it does look like we're starting to rally at the moment. So there might be something happening that we don't yet have word of. The other notable headline from Friday's session was the Fed warning of wage pressures on the back of economic data showing that inflation is still rising, though it is all really about the escalating conflict over the weekend. That's enough about the weekend. Tom, what's happening today? Energy and miners are standing out at the moment. IT and health lower. So we do see that value outperforming growth again. One thing to point out, insurers are lower. There's all the floods happening. So catastrophe claims going to be high for them and they are lower. Sorry, Ben. So John's Ling Group was up 6% this morning, though an obvious beneficiary of the floods and Yeah, they do claims. all the re- rebuilding work for floods, fire and earthquakes, that sort of damage. So unfortunate circumstances, but they are a business that does well. Reporting season drawing to a close. We still have some companies out with some numbers, bet notably 4.4% higher despite their loss widening, although revenue was substantially higher. Big news today, Zipco is buying Sezzle. Zip also had some numbers out, their loss widened, but that's the big news. I haven't seen the, the big, the actual numbers on the buyout, but they were going to raise capital for that acquisition merger. There is speculation BGH Capital may be upping its offer for Virtus Health and Allchem has swung to a profit and they upgraded their guidance for lithium pricing, their outlook for costs improving on the back of the WA border reopening, which is happening early March. So good news for Allchem. A few ex-dividends also weighing on the market, Fortescue, Evolution Mining, Horizon and Wally, just to name a few. And tomorrow we have Endeavor Group, Origin and Domino's Pizza trading ex-dividends. So watch out for those. On the economic front, business indicators are released with private sector credit. Retail sales expected to be up around 2% in January. Other notable economic data points this week, we have the RBA meeting tomorrow. We don't see a change to policy expected. Fourth quarter GDP, the other headline event on Wednesday, we likely to see GDP growth in the range of 3.3% for the December quarter. President Biden is giving his State of the Union address tonight, I believe, and Jerome Powell 
is going to stand in front of Congress on Tuesday. We also have jobs numbers in the US on Friday. That's Saturday morning, our time, Ben. So another thing to look out for there. Thank you, Tom. Layden, any broker stuff of note this morning? Pretty quiet so far this morning, but there's a couple of upgrades. Morgan's upgraded Medibank and they just dropped their target price about 6%. So nothing too big there. Credit Suisse upgraded Charter Hall Group. They lowered their target price about 8% as well, but they're still 18% above the current share price on their target. Brambles, Credit Suisse and UBS with outperform and buy ratings. Both of their target prices are about 35% above the current share price. Also had Morgan's lowering its target price on Novanix by about 30%. That's only 4% below the current share price. And BWX, I'm not sure if Macquarie's their broker or not, but they've got an outperform rating and a target price 102% above the current share price there, but that's come down about 17%, so it was even higher. Just one more I wanted to note on Block, they're up 32.5% on their results. Credit Suisse has an outperform rating there, but they don't have a target price on that one yet, so I'll be interested to see what the brokers say there later on. Right, thank you, Leighton. BWX was down around 30%, I think, on their results, so that might be a case of Macquarie uh, just lagging behind a bit, and we might see Darius come. Thanks, Leighton. Henry, what are you up to this morning in rainy Sydney? Uh, hi, guys. Yeah, it's pretty rainy up here, not as rainy as it is in Queensland or northern New South Wales. Uh, I guess one thing to say about the floods and John's Ling, uh, it is good for them, but it's probably not great for inflation, getting tradies and materials to uh, to rebuild. So that is going to hurt in terms of uh, that inflationary pressure that we've seen through the system in Australia. So something to bear in mind. Uh, maybe the RBA will comment on that. Maybe it won't tomorrow. Uh, the market currently up around 32 points, clearly uh, spooked by the nuclear uh, option that uh, Vladimir Putin has put on the table and not taking any heart from the fact there are some peace talks uh, going on and the Belarus border. So that is playing at the moment. And certainly Dow futures are currently down around 1.3% and uh, NASDAQ futures as well down heavily to kick off the day they start trading. The NASDAQ futures down 327 points as I'm speaking. So uh, clearly there's some negativity there, which is why we're only up 31 points, but that has been worse on those futures. So we are seeing a little bit of a rally. Energy stocks and gold stocks having a pop. Banks relatively steady. As far as uh, what's happening in Henry's take just today, I just added uh, long short fund at uh, $2.76 this morning on the open. Uh, that's trading at a big, big discount to its um, NTA, which came out uh, this morning. It does run a little bit behind, but it's trading at a sort of an 8 9% discount, which is uh, an opportunity there. The stock has rallied after that. Betmakers doesn't look too bad. The zip deal on Sezzle, which is probably the most well leaked uh, that I've seen for a long time. So we have seen a zip this morning. It hasn't opened yet. So I wasn't that impressed with the results, especially looking at the bad debt provisions, which seem to have jumped quite dramatically. Although their margins, they're making a big song and dance about that. I have to say those bad debt are somewhat worrying at the moment. So it's not going to be all plain sailing, but clearly the Sezzle zip deal has been around for a long time. 200 million is the, uh, the number that the market is expecting in terms of capital raise. And we'll see the terms of that. Otherwise, in Henry's take, just looking at uh, obviously some of the events happening in the Ukraine and paying to be nimble still because uh, it's certainly uh, two days as we've seen is a long time in any conflict and uh, very much a change in sentiment uh, this morning after Putin uh, talked about that uh, the nuclear side of things which is which is never a particularly good look and uh, also just uh, it does seem and this is I guess going to your question of the day which we'll get on to in a minute but it does seem from going into Barangaroo on Thursday 
things are getting back to normal quite quickly, at least in that part of the CBD in Sydney. And as a result of that, I've retired the corona baskets. Uh, it does look as if we've ended corona with a whimper, not a bang, and that it does seem to have fizzled, hopefully, fingers crossed. But so now I've retired those corona basket stocks and I've created, I'm going to create a new one, which is the Ausbiz High Conviction, High Growth Portfolio, which were my suggestions from their 135 odd stocks that they had in their universe. So there's 13 stocks there. So I'll be creating a, a new basket for that to track that rather than any of the Corona basket, which are a bit too 2021, 2020. Yeah, that's about it from me today. Doing the call tomorrow with my great friend, Mark Morland from Team Invest. So that should be really exciting. Fantastic. Thank you, H. As you alluded to, question of the day today is to do with getting back to life after COVID a little bit. So will the city officers ever get back to their pre-COVID levels? Will the workers be rushing back into the office? Tom? I don't think we'll ever see the same amount of people in the office through the whole week. But yeah, obviously, like what Henry's saying, you're going to have more people coming in for the, the middle part of the week. So that that's where I see it. Thank you, Tom. Layton? Yeah, I'm the same. I reckon it's probably going to be more so of like a three to four day in office working week. I think especially with so many countries shifting to that four day working week now as well. It's probably going to not see it get back up to those full levels. Right. Thank you, Layton. Henry, what do you think? Um, I, I think we'll be surprised how quickly things bounce back. There is huge impetus, I think, from uh, from companies and their management to get people back in the office, to get people networking, to get those ideas flowing again. It's very hard to build culture. It's very hard to build teams uh, by Zoom. I don't care how good you are with Zoom. Uh, it is a very hard thing to build uh, that culture. And I think that companies will be very keen to get people back in the office at least two to three days a week. But I think within a couple of months, as long as we don't see any more resurgence with COVID, people were going to run out of excuses to be out of the office. And I think managers and companies will want people to be there. And I wouldn't be surprised to see it back to pretty much what we saw pre-COVID within the next two or three months, I have to say. Thank you, Henry. And I tend to agree. I think we'll get back to most people going in two or three days a week pretty quickly. As Henry said, there's, everyone's been stuck at home for a while and it's not great for culture and morale. But I, I do think there's going to be a lot of companies that don't want people going back in full-time, full office, because there's just been so many cost-cutting opportunities found through having one less floor, less lights you've got to pay for, less parking, uh, that I think we'll never quite get back to where we were, but I think we'll go pretty close. I think that wraps us up today. Thanks, guys. See you tomorrow. Cheers.